Hi, I'm Julian, and you are listening to the American Social History Project podcast. American Social History Podcasts are a production of the American Social History Project Center for Media and Learning at the City University of New York Graduate Center. Ever wonder what it takes to implement a public art memorial in New York City? In this episode, Professor Marianne Trasciati of Hofstra University shares her experiences as president of the Remember the Triangle Fire Coalition, a nonprofit organization of volunteers working to erect a public art memorial for those who died in the 1911 Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Diving into a timeline of the project and description of the memorial, entitled Reframing the Sky, Trasciati offers a case study on the bureaucratic hoops funding impediments, and political waters to wade in developing a monument in New York City. Our second speaker will be Marianne Trasciati, who is an associate professor in the Department of Rhetoric at Hofstra University. Her current scholarly, creative, and activist work comprises three ventures. First, a book about the free speech work of labor organizer Elizabeth Gurley Flynn that illuminates how early 20th century radicals created and used public space to advocate for economic justice. Two, an oral history project to record, preserve, and represent stories about Superstorm Sandy. And three, uh, as the president of the organization Remember the Triangle Fire Coalition, which is a campaign to remember the 146 victims mostly young Italian and Jewish immigrant women and girls of the 1911 Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire in New York City, and the resulting movement for workers' rights and safety with a permanent public art memorial. Dr. Patricia. Thank you so much uh, for having me here tonight. I'm very happy to talk to you about uh, a project that's very near and dear to my heart. So we're going to time travel now. We've been to the past, and we are going to the future. Uh, Specifically, we are traveling forward to March 25th, 2020, and the dedication of the Triangle Fire Memorial at the Brown Building. And as you heard from the introduction, that memorial is intended to honor the 146 people, mostly young, Jewish and Italian immigrant girls and women, the youngest was 14 and maybe even younger because we know that that children uh, often misrepresented their age uh, so they could get jobs in factories, um, who died in the fire, which was the largest workplace disaster in New York City before 9-11, and remembers the social justice movements inspired by their deaths. The memorial design is called Reframing the Sky. It is... uh, the creation of a two-person design team, Richard Junyu and Uri Wegman. Um, Uri is now in Brussels and couldn't be here. Richard had uh, childcare issues at the last moment, um, but they're very actively involved in the project, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. So here's what reframing the sky basically is. You can see that the top right, there's a ribbon that drops down the corner of the building where you can see on the bottom where there would have been signage in 1911. So. It, it actually starts at the ninth floor, not the eighth floor. As that, that's an, this is an older um, 
an older image. But there's a ribbon uh, uh, made out of metal that drops down from the ninth floor where most of the workers died, 62 of whom jumped to their deaths and, and literally splattered to the ground uh, in front of the building. So the ribbon drops down. And then at about 12 feet, you can see it, it, it kind of does this at the corner of Washington and Green and goes out across the corners. And what you see on the bottom right panel are the names of the people who died in the fire. They will be stenciled into the ribbon as it splits on the corner of Washington and Green. And then you see there's another panel on the upper right-hand side. It's a, it actually looks lower than it is. It'll be about waist level. And uh, so, that, so there's a ribbon. It comes down like this. And then at waist level, there's another at the corner of Washington and Green, another um, uh, reflective panel. Um, the ribbon is not reflective. And so what happens is there's scale to this monument, right? You, you're far away, and you see something dropping down from the building, and you say, oh, gosh, what's that? And then you walk up, and you look, and you see there's something at waist level, and you look at it, and you see that there are names. And you think, where did these names come from? They're not etched onto this. And you look up, and you see that they're actually illuminated by either sunlight or small LED lights if it's nighttime so that they're reflected. And then you notice that there's text. And that text was composed by Kevin Baker. Uh, uh, who is a member of the, the coalition, also the author of Dreamland, Paradise Alley, and some other really terrific novels, uh, historical novels. And the text narrates the story of the fire. So you, you have to go to the beginning and read it. And as you read it, you're seeing all the names and you're walking. So your body is involved in this. And so it becomes very intimate because you want to look and see. And then you see yourself reflected in this. And you see the sky, hence the name reframing the sky. Um, so it tells the story. It has the names. It's got both scale and, and intimacy. Uh, that ribbon. Uh, will will be uh, a creation of a, a collective of people, a community of people who feel a connection to the story. People in Italy, people in Bangladesh, people in Mexico, people in New York. The event where we will make the ribbon will be held at FIT. Um, people all around the country, uh, people all around the world will be invited um, to submit a piece of cloth um, and then the, the ribbon will be used as a mold, it says here, for casting stainless steel panels, capturing the texture of the individual pieces of fabric. So the fabric in the process of firing, uh, making the ribbon, the metal ribbon, the fabric will be lost, but the texture will be there. So people can come to this building and look up and say, something of mine or my grandmother's who was a garment worker or my mother's, in, in, in my case, is in this memorial. Um, and so it really is anyone. And, and I invite all of you, um, when we have the ribbon-making project, please uh, contribute something. Anyone with a connection to the story is invited to contribute. Uh, my connection comes from uh, my status as the child of a garment worker. Um, and uh, also uh, as an Italian-American, so I am one of those, those ethnics looking for a, a memorial uh, to my people. How did we get here? Uh, and, and this is, uh, so this is what it will look like ultimately, um, and then this is what we imagine the ribbon-making workshop will be like, um, and then we will, with a, uh, um, we're hoping that we can actually hoist the ribbon up for the, for the next commemoration. Um, and, and drape it down from the building. So how did, how did we get here? Uh, the journey to build this memorial began with the founding of Remember the Triangle Fire Coalition in 2008. And it was founded with two projects, the centennial to mark the 100th anniversary, March 25th, 1911, and to 
to build a permanent memorial. So we wanted a big uh, memory spasm on March 25th, 1911, and then we wanted year-round uh, remembering. Well, that's really ambitious. We had no idea how ambitious uh, it was, um, but we tried. We constituted a committee. We called for artists. Uh, we established a review process. We selected an artist, but we didn't have a site. And it's really hard to build a memorial uh, when you don't have a place to put it. Uh, so that really didn't, didn't work out. Um, so here, here's the building here. Um, we imagined uh, that, that this would be a people's memorial, and that's the language that we used, and that was our intent. So we held a number of community meetings. We had meetings at the Eldridge Street Synagogue. We had meetings at the John D. Calandra Italian American Institute. We had meetings at the Fire Museum. You can see how all of these uh, would have been constituents uh, for this project. And it, through those conversations, we determined the broad outlines of this memorial. Um, we realized that it needs to, to say the names of the dead, it needs to tell the story of the fire, and it should be on the building. And you can see there are three plaques on this building. Um, it is a globally significant site of public memory for labor, uh, for the history of migration, the history of women, uh, all kinds of things. Everyone from Bangladeshi labor organizers on their way to testify at the UN to high-ranking Italian politicians, for example, uh, Laura Boldrini, the former president of the Italian uh, Chamber of Deputies, they all come to this building. And everyday people um, who don't have fancy titles um, or aren't going to the UN uh, to do um, organizing uh, and, and to testify uh, go there as well. Um, but it's easy to walk right past this building and not know that something important happened. Um, I've been standing on the corner when people have walked up to me and said, hey, where's the Triangle Building? I mean, they were, they were in front of it. Um, so we decided, okay, we need something at this building, so we started from scratch. And through the process of working with the unions, the fire department, um, NICOSH, uh, all kinds of community organizations on the centennial, um, that that actually helped us uh, to build a reputation and to make the connections that are necessary to move forward with a project like this. So the first challenge, and I was asked to give you the challenges involved, um, and I have 39, no, just kidding. Um, the first challenge, how to get permission to build a public memorial on a privately owned building. Uh, that, was, that is uh, perhaps the most interesting and frustrating element of this project. NYU has been part of the story of Triangle from the very beginning. The, the workers who were ferried away from the fire, uh, from, who were on the 10th floor, were carried across by law students from NYU in the building right next door. So they've always been part of this story. Um, in 2012, we signed an historic agreement with NYU where they basically said, okay, We'll let you build a memorial on our building, but we're not paying for anything and we're not doing anything, um, but you can build on the building. But all the costs and all the liabilities and all the frustrations uh, are yours. Um, so soon after we signed that agreement, we met with the Landmarks Preservation Commission to let them know that this project was in the works. Uh, the Brown Building is a cultural landmark. So Landmarks was really excited because a memorial like this enhances the very reason. It amplifies the message that the building uh, sends out on any given day. We presented briefly at CB2 meeting to let folks know that this process was unfolding and we actually should have made many more presentations and kept on their radar. That's, I think, one place where we fell down. Um, NYU is not very well liked. We had to work hard to say, no, no, no. They're, they're a pain in the neck. Like they're, They own the building and they're working with us, but they're not helping us um, as a way to kind of uh, ingratiate ourselves with the local community. <laughs> Um, the second challenge to this project was how do you select a design when nobody has any expertise? And how do you 
get yourself taken seriously in the process. So we hired an expert, Ernesto Martinez, a trained architect. Um, he met with landmarks with us, with NYU, to determine the parameters of what might work uh, for this design, and he ran an international competition with a stellar jury, um, including architects, public, uh, Deborah Burke, Yama, uh, Yama Karam from Daniel Liebeskin Studio, Wendy Foyer, the Assistant Commissioner of Urban Design and Art for the Department of Transportation, Yoli Tang, uh, fashion designer, Richard Greenwald, labor historian, um, and Sheila Levant de Brettville, a public artist and a professor at Yale. Um, the, Ameri the AIA and the Fire Museum hosted our meetings. Uh, the union at FIT and the American Society for Safety Engineers donated the prize money. We got 176 entries from over 30 countries, and the winning design team was from the borough of my birth, AKA Queens, where all the cool kids are from. Sorry, Brooklyn. Uh, the third challenge, how do you raise money to build a memorial? We hit brick wall after brick wall. Who wants to fund a labor memorial about immigrant women? So we got no interest from the mayor's office. We got no interest from Bill de Blasio, who talks all the time about his Italian-American heritage. We reached out for the commemoration several times. He hasn't come since he's been elected. We recently met with Caitlin Lewis from Deputy Mayor Alicia Glenn's office regarding She Built New York City. We're crossing our fingers for support. Um, I'm puzzled by de Blasio's lack of support for this project. He hosts a Columbus Day event at Gracie Mansion. I implore him to expand his sense of history beyond explorers, conquerors, and colonizers to include hardworking people like the Italian immigrants at Triangle that is much more representative of the community of New Yorkers that he serves. Very supportive were Gail Brewer, Melissa Mark Viverito, and Margaret Chin. And we were, in fact, preparing a grant application to New York City when Stephen Greenhouse ran a story about uh, the project in the New York Times. And my phone rang, and it was someone from Andrew Cuomo's office saying, give us a budget, we'll pay. So I did. And uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, funded $1.5 million for the capital budget for this memorial. And it is funneled through a SAM grant, State and Municipal Facilities Program, through DASNY, the Dormitory Authority of the State of New York. And I will tell you, I'm probably the only person in this room who will say, those New York State people are so efficient. They call me and write to me all the time and say, how's the project going? How can we help you? Um, the alarm bells at CB2 rang when the money came through, and we did not tell them. Uh, they read it in the newspaper, so we met with them again several times, along with GVSHP, the Greenwich Village Society for Historic Preservation. They gave us some feedback on the design, like, hey, what about pigeons? And we revised it. So the fourth challenge then was how do you administer a capital grant and oversee an architectural design slash capital project when you're an all-volunteer public history, public memory organization? Well, we learned quickly how to work with DASNY, and we sought and found pro bono legal counsel uh, to advise us regarding all these contracts. I mean, we do a lot with almost no money. Uh, we assembled a team of experts, our designers, Richard Juneau and Uri Wegman, along with Peter Homestead, our project manager, Damie Daniels from Danko Construction, Peter Amato from the American Society for Safety Engineers, and finally, Charles Loster, who is now our lead architect. Are you here, Chuck? He was gonna try to come tonight. Uh, Chuck is donating his services pro bono to us. 
The fifth challenge, how to raise the money we need now to complete the project, because that capital budget I gave to Cuomo was not quite enough. We need another quarter million, and we need 1.4 million to completely finish this project. Permits, and then cleaning it and maintaining it in perpetuity. Memorials are wicked expensive. Ours is 2.9 million, not that bad. Labor unions believe that we need to remember the Triangle Fire, as, as do we, and there are indeed few labor memorials in the US, but Janus means that labor money is tight, so how do we justify this project to them? I do sometimes lie awake at night thinking about, wow, what could I do at 1.5 million? Um, but we are, we're moving forward because we do think that this is an important thing. Um, uh, and we have uh, embarked on a fundraising campaign. We hired a fantastic consultant, also an architect, Gina Polara, who headed the FDR uh, memorial project. She's absolutely wonderful. Um, it's easy to raise money when you have a sponsor and access to money. The, the uh, Hunger Memorial in Battery Park City had Governor Pataki's wife and the Battery Park City Conservancy. Um, we don't have any of that. Um, but we do have a plan. Uh, there's no good argument against the Triangle Memorial. Despite Janice and a tough financial situation for labor, it actually is a really good time to put labor history out there, especially the struggles of immigrant women workers. Those are all code terms, but wow, don't those terms all uh, resonate powerfully in this moment right now. So the sixth challenge, and I'm almost done, how to retain our momentum. The gaps between positive developments in a project like this are uh, sometimes very long. Uh, we just signed off on the agreement that lets us go to landmarks. We gave word to CB2 that we would be applying and we will have a public hearing with them. We have met informally with DOB. We actually need to get some variances, so we're gathering letters of support from politicians and labor and others. And we will pay a courtesy visit to the Public Design Commission. And we will continue to update the Manhattan Borough President, our labor allies, community groups, and family members. Um, and I was asked then to give some final thoughts. Here are my final thoughts about this. Well, actually not my final thoughts, but the final thoughts of this presentation. This process is hard and time consuming, as we talked about on the phone. I'm an academic, okay? I don't get rewarded for doing this kind of work. I get rewarded for writing books. And I've had a book manuscript in process for a really long time. This project has always come first. Uh, and I'm not the first person to spearhead this project. And NYU faculty tried to get the university to sign off with them, and they wouldn't. Um, Jay Mazur, when he was president of the ILGWU, actually held a competition, commissioned an artist to build a labor memorial in Union Square, and it went nowhere. So, I mean, we're close, but it requires a lot of patience, a lot of hard work, a lot of collaboration, and a long horizon. And heck, I live in Long Beach. I, I've never worked in Manhattan. I've, I've never lived in, I'm a, I, I'm a bridge and tunnel person. And I knew nothing about public art when I started. And I was told, you could take the train and you can learn. And I have indeed taken the train more times than I can count and learned. And if I had known how long this project would be and how central it would become to my life, I would still have done it. <laughs> I am sure we will succeed. And I invite you when we really are at March 25th, 2020 to please come and celebrate with us when we dedicate the memorial. Thank you. <laughs>